welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. My name is Pete. I'm joined by my wife, Jordan. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Welcome to episode four. We did, we did it. Episode four. After a launch week last week was so fun. We launched with three episodes. We won't do that every week. We'll have, we'll have one episode one. a week. One. Um, we might die if we try to do three a week. But last week was incredible. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Like we, we didn't know what to expect, to be honest. We, we never had a single conversation about numbers, like how <laughs> many people will listen to this, how many people will download or subscribe or rate and review. Like We had no goal, which probably is not good when you're launching something new, yeah. but we didn't. Uh, we just wanted to get it launched. That was the goal. Yeah, we wanted to do it well and like do all of our due diligence, but as far as promotion, just our friends and family. Yeah, we don't do marketing any marketing. So yeah, you guys were unbelievable. We got in the top 25. I didn't know this was even a thing. On iTunes, we were in the top 25 in, in the category of religion and spirituality, uh, which the people that we were even surrounded by on that list, I was like, what? Yeah, no, but, we didn't deserve it. No, but. no, we were a little out of place there. But sure. it, it, that only happened because of you guys. That happened yeah. because you guys um, rated and reviewed and Subscribed. downloaded. And m- most importantly, you told your friends about it. Yeah, you shared, shared it on it. social media. And... Um, Gosh, yeah, really, really grateful. It was a lot of fun to kind yeah, of watch that. And so now we got to get in the new grind of doing this every yeah, week. Yeah, I'm excited. I am too. Let's do it. I'm, I'm just absolutely loving it. So again, we'll keep saying this, but thank you guys so yeah, much. Yeah, thank you. So I, I want to do something that I won't normally do, I don't think, on this podcast, okay. but it feels right now. I want to do like a mini two-part series. Okay. And talk about something for the next couple of weeks it, it, because um, I love talking about the farm, as you know. Yes, you do. And so I, I found a way to weave the farm into this podcast. I have a feeling this podcast is just going to be good talk about the farm forever. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, I, I think this will be a lot of fun because the farm for me, especially over the past four years, has been a place of, of a lot of personal growth. Mm-hmm. Like. I know you think I just like to go out there and play and hunt and stuff, and that's true. I, I do like to do all that, but it's also a place of real like growth for it me. It fills you up. Some huge life lessons that I've been learning that I feel like the farm has taught me. So I want to talk about that over the next couple of weeks, but let me even set the picture right, of the farm, yeah, yeah. right? So this farm, uh, I was really lucky enough to buy it about 10 years ago because uh, I wanted a place, honestly, to go right, mm-hmm. to kind of get away and right. So it's, a, it's an hour away from Nashville. Uh, it's about 70 acres. About 50 of those acres are just woods. woods yeah. uh, and then the rest is kind of pastures. This beautiful creek that kind of runs through it that we get to play in a lot. And uh, there's, a, there's a barn there. I have a one-room cabin. Uh, it's it's kind of more of a hunting cabin, but it's got it's two cozy. lofts on either end and got this wood fire, no, no air, heat, just <laughs> wood fire. And it's got a little bathroom, so I guess it's a two-room cabin. Thank goodness. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's just it's been this incredible place where we yeah. get to make a lot of great memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, my boys love it. Uh, I'll never, ever get rid of this farm because of them. Yeah. They they just love it. They love to hunt out there and fish and play. And, uh, like, I have... I want you to share a memory in a second, like one of your favorite, favorite memories from okay. the farm. But one for me, this is a couple of years ago, my oldest son, Jet, 
I've got so many great memories with him out there, but but one of them was he had about six or seven of his high school buddies out there. They, I think they were juniors at the time. And uh, I was bummed because it was raining. I mean, I'm talking pouring down rain, right? Like okay. everything's got you know flooding covered in water. And- it's flooding. And they get this idea. They find an old sled, plastic sled in the barn. And they uh, they get that sled out and hook a rope to the UTV, and we started driving kids around on that, and they're just hydroplaning on the water. So it's like they're skiing at like forty miles an hour, just oh whipping kids gosh. around, covered in mud and water. Like I know it's dangerous. You, you don't have to send me an email uh, telling me that it's. I, I know that, but we had so much fun, and uh, so I. Now that I'm started, I want to share like six other of my favorite memories with the kids out there, but I, I won't. What's yours favorite memory? Um, I have a lot. I think most of my favorite memories kind of revolve around having people out there, but um, this one in particular is starring you. Oh, yeah? Um, I got a call. Put, buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. This is just crazy. Um, I got a call. I was at work, and Pete says... Like, I, I could barely say hello. And he's like, Jordan, I'm locked in the chicken coop. Like, I can't get out. I'm locked in. And I'm sitting there. You know when you hear some news <laughs> and you're processing it and you just, you're like, is, am I really hearing what I think I'm hearing? <laughs> Only because it is so impossible to lock yourself in the chicken coop. <laughs> Someone has to turn a key on the outside. He's alone at the, at the chicken, I mean, at the farm. <laughs> I'm just like, what, what, who's out there? Who's trying to kill you and murder you? That was literally my first thoughts is someone pushed you in, locked you in and is going to like light the chicken coop on fire or something. Yeah. Dramatic. But, um, so it turns out you were going into the chicken coop to clean it out as you normally do. You shut the door because every animal and its mother wants to come in because there's feet in there. Especially Mr. Bates, the donkey. Mr. Bates, the donkey. Um, and Mr. Bates, as you were in there. You left the key. I left the key. In the doorknob. Mr. Bates, no, I have to lock the chicken coop because Mr. Bates knows how to turn the handle with his mouth and then go into the chicken coop. So that's right. why I you normally lock it. You lock the chicken coop when you're not inside Correct the chicken though. coop. But I left the key in the door. And Mr. Bates, in his effort to turn the handle to get in the chicken coop where I'm at, <laughs> turns the key instead and locks me. And I'm locked in the chicken coop. It's 100 degrees outside. It was hot. I had my phone in my back pocket, thank God. But it, it's at like 3%. So I instantly panic. I'm like, I've got maybe one call here. Yeah, and you called me, oh. and I, uh, yeah, thanks, I'm so grateful. Um, so I, like, get all my stuff, I'm running, because he's making it sound like he, you're about to have I could die. I don't, who wants to panic, die a lonely exhaustion. death, sweating to death in a chicken coop? Okay, can we also talk about that? If you were in a coop, the, it's not like Fort Knox. You it, can it's get pretty through. Fort Knox. No, it's not. I'm There's not incredible Hulk, in I'm not going to run through the wall. Oh my gosh, it's literally like wire on the... Anyway. It's not, it's not, it's like a cage. He could get out. He was being a little dramatic, and I was ready to go on a one-hour trip to go unlock you from the... the But I wasn't thinking completely straight. Heat exhaustion. You don't uh, think straight under, like, high (laughs) pressure. Like, you do really Uh, well in, like, business high pressure, but not when it comes to your survival. Um, But Mr. Bates unlocked you. Yeah. Like, he turned the key again. (laughs) He did. he, He inadvertently... The same way he locked it, he unlocked if it. If I remember, he was scratching his head. He was scratching his head and he turned, turned the key. The key. Uh, in fact, I have the whole thing on video. Yes, you do. Yeah, I you remember You can go that. to my Instagram and on the highlights, there's a farm highlight. 
And if you flip through those, there's a bunch of them. Just flip through them till you get to the um, the panic screen, the panic donkey yeah. scenes. <laughs> um, and Ugh. you can watch that whole. I, I totally forgot about that. That's funny though. Mm. Is it? That is funny. That's. I guess I could add that to my life lessons. That I'm learning at the farm. Yep. Don't leave could. the key in there. All right. So All right, you want, you want to get into this? Yeah, I want to hear about your lessons. Okay. So we're doing the first two this week? Yeah, I think I'll do two. I think I can get through two of them, and uh, then I'll try to do the other two Okay. next week. How about that? Um, one of the, the things that the farm has really reinforced for me is this idea that nothing's wasted, mm-hmm. that everything has a purpose. And, um, you know, it's a couple weeks ago, you'll remember this, Jordan Brewer, my youngest son and I were out there at a tree that fell over one of my favorite kind of UTV pass. And um, it's been laying there for a couple months at least. Just hadn't had the time to get to it. And we had time and he and I uh, just had so much fun. Spent a whole afternoon cutting that tree up mm-hmm. uh, and stacking it. And uh, it was the first time he'd ever used a chainsaw, which was awesome. He did a great Another job. Another email you're going to get. Yeah. Again, I know it's not safe. You don't have to email me and tell me. Um, and But he did great. He was awesome with it. And uh, we cut up all the wood. And I, we were kind of in the process of, it, process of it. And I went into it like, here's just one more thing I got to clean up on the farm. Mm-hmm. Right. And then this whole idea of nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. It just kind of popped in my head while we were doing this. And I was like, wow, this what looks like just a dead tree that's fallen across a path that has to be removed is now going to end up being the firewood that we use in a wood stove that will give me us warmth the rest of the winter. Mm -hmm. Became useful. And everything on the farm is like that. It's like uh, the dead tree becomes the heat, uh, the horse manure and hay that I have to clean out of the barns. Well, that ends up becoming compost, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I have like a pile. It's like 10 feet high of just manure and hay and other, you know, mm-hmm. crops that have died that I can throw into this pile. And I turn it constantly with the tractor and it heats up over the winter and ends up becoming just this pile of black gold. Mm-hmm. And I can then use that instead of having to buy artificial fertilizers. I use that for all the crops. And it's like... It's it's this beautiful process of something that looks like it's wasted, looks like it's dead. It is dead, but it still has this purpose. The pumpkins in the field that that kind of rot, the ones that we don't use that are still on the vine. Mm-hmm. As you know, what do we do with those? Throw them to the goats and baits, and they have Thanksgiving. The animals go nuts they over love them. It, like yeah. it all has this purpose. The dead grass that looks like it's just dead grass lying in a field gets rolled and becomes the hay that, that then eat. feeds the animals. Mm-hmm. It's like everything has this purpose, and for me. You know, the last four years, if I'm honest, have been a lot of highs and lows, right? Because there has been a lot of death and loss in my life, things that were a part of my life that are no longer a part of my life. And so there's this grieving in this. But one of the things that I've learned is given some space and time, right? And that's key. Given space and time, I discover new life. Mm-hmm. From all those things I've had to grieve, the loss, the death, I, I, I received something that I could have never received without the loss or without the death. And I think that that's Im- important to remember that all of that stuff can have this purpose. And, and, and maybe you're listening to this right now and you're in a season of loss and death. And all you can see right now is the loss and the death. Mm-hmm. All you can see right now is how your life is completely been turned upside down and made inconvenient by COVID. 
it looks like a loss this season that you're in. All you can see is this ugly divorce that you've been through and how it's devastated everything for you. All you can see is is that you've been fired and you don't know what you're going to do next, right? All I could see in a moment for me was a dead tree lying across a path, Mm -hmm. an inconvenience to me. That's all I could see in that moment. But again, given a little more time, it becomes the firewood that's going to provide warmth in the cabin. And so what I'm trying to do these days is is transition my perspective on every event that comes in my life. Mm -hmm. And for most of my life, what... The question I ask when things come into my life that don't make sense, I've, I've asked, why is this happening to me? Right? Why is it? Have you ever asked that? A hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> why is this happening to me? Um, but I've been trying to replace that question of why is this happening to me with what is this moment trying to teach me? Mm-hmm. Right? Which means you have to put in the work. Yeah. You know, and so back to your metaphor, you have to put in the work and you have to chop up the tree and then you have to, you know, pile it. And then once it's ready, you got to go outside and get like, but to have actual transformation, even inside us, it has to, you have to put in the work. You can't just sit and be, you know, sad about the divorce for years. Yes. There's time and place to grieve things, but the, the work comes in. What is this teaching me? What can I learn about myself? What can I learn about, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah, the problem with asking why why is this happening to me, besides the fact that it's pretty much an unanswerable question, yeah. is that it always makes you a victim of your Deflects. circumstances. Yeah. yeah. And what happens when you ask, what is this moment trying to teach me, is you kind of shed that victim mentality, and now what you have to do is do that personal growth yeah. moment. And, yep. and which can be a beautiful thing. It's sometimes it's, it's painful. Yeah. But I have found asking, what is this moment teaching me to be so much more helpful? Yeah. So that, that's, that's one of the things okay. I'm learning. Given space Lesson and when. time, man, every, even the terrible things in life really do have a purpose. Everything has a purpose. Okay. Lesson um, two. The other one is, uh, I just, I'll call it, don't fight the seasons. Don't fight the seasons. Because first of all, you, nothing you can do about it. Right. right. There are it's seasons. There are true seasons yeah. that, you know, at the farm, it's very clear. Every season is has its own kind of set of issues, right? And also things that I can enjoy. But there's clearly a winter. There's clearly a spring. There's mm-hmm. clearly a summer. There's clearly a fall. What's your What's your favorite season, by the way, at the farm? Um, I love the summer just because we get to have a lot of people out and float in the creek and stuff. But I think I love fall because we do the pumpkin giveaway. Like yeah. we you, we grow pumpkins and give them to our neighbors and have a big like fall party. And um, but I also just love the colors and it's warm enough to be outside. But in, in the evening you can have a fire. I don't know. You didn't ask me why, but yeah, no, no, fall. I think it's great. What's yours? I, I don't know. I, I probably summer because yeah. summer is when we host the most people out there and we have a lot of parties and floating the creek and shooting off fireworks and yeah. Uh, I just, I love floating that creek. I know you do. We have a bunch of just like inner tubes and just put them out there and float. It's, it's amazing. But, okay, this, this proves my point exactly on the don't fight the seasons. Um, while I say it's my favorite summer, it is my favorite. Um, I, you know this, I'm exhausted by the end of summer. Yeah. There's so much work to do out there in the summer. Yeah, you're out there a lot. I, it's eight hours of grass mowing mm-hmm. a week mm-hmm. in the summer. So by the time I get to the end of it, I am, I'm exhausted. Um, but I need the summer to get prepared for the fall and the winter. It's like every 
season again back to my earlier point ha- has a purpose right and and i need those those seasons and when i get to the fall and i'm exhausted things start to slow down right it's, it gets dark earlier mm-hmm. so i can't work as late as i as i want to yeah. uh, you know the grass stops growing so i'm not mowing eight hours a week um the winter is great out there you know as you mentioned the fire you know it's those cool nights so the the sky is so clear and you just see the stars, you know, so you have that going on in the winter. And then before you know it, it's spring again and it's busy and everything's crazy. Mm-hmm. And those seasons at the farm have been teaching me a lot about seasons in my own life. Um, there's a, a, a little passage in the Old Testament, it's the book of Ecclesiastes. You spend a lot of time in the book of Ecclesiastes? <laughs> Can't say I do. <laughs> my bad. Uh, me either, but... Um, <laughs> this passage in Ecclesiastes says this. It says, For everything, there's a season and a time for every matter under heaven. There's a time to be born and there's a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. There's a time to break down. There's a time to build up. And it keeps going, but you, mm-hmm. you start to get this idea that there there is this rhythm in life. And they have useful yeah, very like elements. Of I it. think most people would say, "Oh, I don't, I don't want a winter season," you know, in my life. Most people dislike the fall and winter seasons in their own life. But the reason, you know, why that is, I think, why we're addicted to busyness, and winter and fall restrict our addiction to busyness. Fall and winter, by nature, are meant to be times that are restorative in our life. Hmm. And we're kind of slowed down. I think right now we've been in extended winter yeah. with COVID. Yeah, no doubt. But how many conversations have we had with friends and family? Some of you might really, really have felt this yourself. It's forced you to slow down. Oh, yeah. Family's spending more time together. You know, uh, people that used to leave, leave, you know, 40 hours a week to drive and be in some building are now at home mm-hmm. with their kids, which has its own challenges. Sure. But they're also creating some incredible, you know, moments and memories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think that's so important. And for me, what the winter season of my life has taught me is that uh, my value does not come from my production. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important. For decades, spirituality for me was about speak here, write this, lead that. Grow this. Yeah. And what I'm learning is that deep spirituality comes not from producing, but from being present. So there has to be this move from producing to being present, from doing to observing. And so it reminds me that I'm a human being, not a human doing, right? And I think for years, so much of my work baked into the center of that was this, this question of, am I, am I valuable? And when that's baked into what you do from nine to five, when you're banking on your job, on your production to fill in the question of, are you worthy? That's always going to lead to overwork. You're, mm-hmm. ne- you're never going to feel like you can have a moment where you stop. It's really interesting. I was thinking about this idea on the farm, too. Uh, I do what you call crop rotation. Uh, if you were to plant, let's just use the pumpkins, for example. If I planted the pumpkins in the same field every year, there would be diminishing returns. Yeah. It, it, it just, it, it would. The, the, the soil, the nutrients that that particular plant uses mm-hmm. over time, it yeah. Yeah, it's gone. And so what I have to do, and obviously a lot of farmers, real farmers do this, <laughs> is they rotate their crops. And it, it, that's what's healthy for the 
you know, for the soil. Mm-hmm. And so how silly would it be for me to look uh, next year at the, at the plot of land I had the pumpkins in? It's going to be bare, right? It's, I'm not going to plant anything in it. How silly would it be for me to look at that piece of property and say, oh, it, that's worth nothing. That field is worth nothing. No, no, no. Or that field's doing nothing. Right. That, that field is not doing nothing. That field is actually doing the most important something it could do, mm-hmm. which, which is, is restore. Restore. Rebuild its nutrients, right? And so how silly of us when we're in a season of winter, or maybe it's a season of loss, a season of things slowing down for us to think that we're doing nothing. Or that we're losing, yeah. yeah no, 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 no. You're doing the most important thing that you could be doing mm-hmm. if you're intentional about it. And there's this rebuilding that's happening. Mm-hmm. And um, I've, just, I, I've just learned, and the farm has taught that don't fight the seasons. Mm-hmm. Be aware of the seasons. Be aware of what season you're in. Yeah. Don't try to fight it. And if, you, if you're in a season of winter, don't try to force it in the summer, mm-hmm. right? That's not going to be healthy for you long term. So anyway, those are Good. just two things right now that uh, I'm learning. And I, and I got a couple more I can't wait to share next week. Yay, I love it. I, and I know you love the farm. And you, you always come back so full from the farm. Mm-hmm. And it's because you are. You're very reflective and you're there. And you're. this is not abnormal for him to come home and be like, I was thinking today on the farm and I was doing this and it really taught me this. Like you're such a introspective person, which is amazing. Um, so thank you. That was really good content. Yeah. You ready for four questions? I'm ready for four questions. Okay. Um, so I'm going to transition us to that. Um, this week we talked to our friend named Kara and she is a yoga instructor and just also a really good friend of ours. Um, we've both taken yoga from her. We have, I think it, was it your first yoga class week you took from her ever? Yeah, ever. I'm terrible at yoga. Yeah, he's. I'm you're not, not terrible. She would. She individual. wouldn't say you're terrible. Yeah, no, you she just, would never you say that. You have growth. You have room for growth. A lot of room. Um, but anyways, she's so wonderful. She really like kind of takes you um, through that whole process. And if you've ever done yoga, you know that's kind of more in your mind than anything else. And she's such a safe place for that. Um, and she always reminds us, she's like, drop the story, drop the story. If you're in your head, drop the story. And she, anyway, mm. she's such an encourager. So let's um, cut and listen to what Kara had to say. I asked her these four questions in her own home. So let's cut to that. Okay, Kara, what? This is a, this is an easy first one. Okay. What is your pet peeve, like your biggest pet peeve? Um... <laughs> I don't know if it's my biggest, but one of them is when um, there's dishes left in the sink. Oh, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. Not fun. Okay, <laughs> number two, what do you most want to be known for? Ooh. I know, we're jumping from really lighthearted to serious pretty quickly. What do I want to be known for? Mm, I want to be known for being kind and helpful. I want people to feel like they can be themselves around me and they don't have to pretend to be anything that they're not. So good. Okay, uh, what would you tell 15-year-old Kara? Ooh, 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 15-year-old Kara met 17-year-old Brian. Your um, husband, yep. Uh, 15-year-old Kara, it's not about what you wear. Mm. That's really good too. Okay, last one. What gives you hope? Wow. Um, my kids. <laughs> You're the best kids. They're so good. That's good. Yeah. I, I, I love it when she talked about I want people to feel like themselves. Yeah. Um, 
And she, what a gift that is. Yeah. And she really, she does that. And not just in yoga, you know, just she does that through her life and mm. really affirms other people and things that they want to do and also yeah. just affirms how they are and who they are. And it's really beautiful. It takes beautiful. so much energy to be around people who don't give you that gift, right? Mm -hmm. the, the people you feel like you have to perform for and yeah. be somebody other than you. That's so exhausting. Oh my gosh. What yeah. a gift you can give your friends and your family when you give them the space to truly be themselves. Yeah. Mm, so I love good. that. And her kiddos are the best. I love that. Okay, so next week we're going to talk about two more things from the farm. And I'm going to uh, introduce you guys to a practice that I've just started that's been life-changing. Yeah, so it I really has. I, I've watched you do this, and it has changed your whole perspective. Awesome. Well, I good can't stuff. wait to do that. Well, until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. <laughs>